Good morning. I am Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, where I speak with nonprofit organizations throughout Southern Arizona, getting updates and finding out what's going on. For the first portion of today's program, I am sharing my recent conversation with Emma Warman, the arts coordinator for Bikus. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? Pretty fantastic, I'd say. Uh, ready for the heat. Um, so. Yeah, time. All right. Well, I guess we can just get things started a bit. Uh, well, Emma, you are the arts coordinator for Bikus. Yes, I am. Awesome. So uh, Tucson and bicycles almost go hand in hand. There's the stellar Huckleberry Loop, the ample bike lanes. However, bicycles can have a, a usable lifespan, but Tucson has Bikus, the Bicycle Intercommunity Arts and Salvage. Although Bikus has a long and quite interesting history for the Tucson community. Uh, to start off, can you just share a bit more about who and what Bikus is? Absolutely, and thanks so, so much again for having me. So Bikus is a 501c3 nonprofit bicycle art and education center in Tucson. It is over 31 years old, and the mission is to participate in affordable bicycle transportation, education, and creative recycling. So that makes for a really unique setup, and Bikus offers a bunch of services to the community, and our kind of vision is to continue learning alongside the community. So that's what Bikus has been up to for the past 31-plus years. I can imagine that 2020 brought challenges for how Bikus operates, but I did see that a couple of weeks ago started a phased reopening and that the art program was seeking some volunteers. Uh, what is the current situation looking alike? Absolutely. It's a great question. So we are in our reopening phases right now. However, we never stopped serving the public. We did have a gate service running for over a year where folks could safely come for bike repairs. They were drop-off repair service. Bicycle sales continued and part sales continued. However, a lot of our other programs were on hold or happening online in 2020. With the current reopening phase, we do have small amounts of customers are allowed in for inside shopping and browsing. We're going to have small size in-person bike repair classes starting up again. In-person art programming is continuing and then, or starting back up again, I should say. And then continuing is that gate service, sliding scale bike repair service. And of course, part sales and bicycle sales and bicycle test drives continuing. So for those last services I mentioned, those are available to the public Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Bike It. I'm Riley, and you are listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm speaking with Emma Warman, Arts Director for Bike Us. Well, that kind of leads into uh, this Sunday morning. It's going to be a first for Bike Us, an outdoor yes. art mart. Uh, what inspired this? Absolutely. Well, I would say we've just been missing the art community at Bikus. We're always looking to learn from other artists and to collaborate with other artists. We are all about local DIY art. And so we're not even limiting this art mart to bicycle art or to upcycled art like you've probably seen at our annual art auction. This is just a celebration of local art. It's getting people back out there safely participating artists are going to be keeping 100% of their profits. And we just want to be supporting and uplifting that local art making. Did I hear that correctly, that the artists are going to be getting the direct benefit from their sales at this market? 
Absolutely, 100% of it. What type of interesting finds will visitors be able to see at this art mart? Yeah, in terms of the art that will be available. Yeah, I'm curious whose work will be displayed and for sale. Yeah, so we're going to have upcycled bicycle art and merchandise from Bike It to kind of celebrate what we've been up to. And then in terms of the local artists, we have over a dozen Tucson artists joining. So um, those are Eureka Text Lab, Alex Gomation Inc., Revolta Art, Lux Alway, Rachel Rios, Bonds 520, Lone Heart Art, April Pottery, Crazy Chain Creations, The Snake Bitch, Ginger Green, Sonoran Witch Boy, and Brandy Devoid. So those are all of the local artists who are coming in that aren't necessarily affiliated with Vicus itself. Exactly. They're local Tucson DIY artists, and we hope to be lifting up their work since a lot of art has just been really difficult to sort of promote over the past year. This is Lifestyle Tucson, and this morning I am sharing my recent conversation with Emma Warman, Arts Director for Bikus, about the Art Mart Artisan Market that is happening later this morning in the Bikus parking lot. And for clarity, please note that our conversation was recorded prior to the recent update to guidance from the CDC. Although we are, you know, getting back into something that feels more normal for us, I'm going to go on a limb and say that there's going to be some precautions still in place for this art mart. Can you go into some of the details of what steps are going to be taken for the safety of uh, the visitors and the artists alike? Yeah, thank you so much for checking in. So this is happening outdoors in the Bikus parking lot, which is a large open lot, and social distancing and masks will be required. So we will have staff at the event making sure that those precautions are being taken. Hand sanitizer will be available. And should we need to limit the amount of folks visiting the different vendors, that will also be a precaution that is taken. And downtown on a weekend, parking can be a little bit of an adventure. Um, Will there be parking available for people coming to visit? I'm so glad you asked. And I do want to let the public know that Bikus did change locations just a few years ago. And so we are now just north of downtown at 2001 North 7th Ave. That's at the crossroads of Stone and Ventura Street. So there is ample street parking at the new location since the vendors will be in the parking lot. So ample street parking for cars. And of course, we will have secure bicycle parking available. Back to just how things are looking for Bikus right now. Would you be able to share a little bit more uh, about some of the programs you offer, specifically when it comes to the art side that we're focused on right now? Absolutely. So as many folks know, visiting Bikus, um, the, the Bicycle Education Center is sort of like walking into a reimagined junkyard. Yeah. <laughs> where, um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So old sort of broken bicycle parts are made into what we call functional whimsical art by the community, by the staff. It's a collaboration. So what we try to do is keep as much as possible out of the waste stream. Um, We have reimagined these old broken parts into all kinds of functional art, including inner tube wallets, bike part wind chimes, bottle cap magnets, metal art sculptures, bike wraps wall hooks, clocks, and more. So really, the world is our oyster when it comes to upcycled bicycle art. And what we love to do is to create that alongside the community. So there's several ways that we do that. Those items are going to be some of the Bikus 
bike art that will be available as well at this art mark. Is that right? Absolutely. We even have handmade prints and greeting cards. We do make um, like rubber printmaking with recycled inner tubes. Um, our materials are recycled and donated. So we're so excited to share what we have with the public. And all of the profits from the upcycled bicycle art available at the Art Mart will go to supporting Bikeus, which is a 501c3 nonprofit. And uh, I guess uh, the deadline for tax filing is just right around the corner. Uh, but because you are the 501c3, does that mean that you qualify for a tax credit donation? You do, yeah. So please, please donate on our website to get that receipt for your tax write-off. The URL is bikeus.org slash donate. Well, before we kind of wrap things up, uh, can we just get a recap of the details about today's artisan market at Bikus? Absolutely. So the first ever art mar- artisan market will be in the Bikus parking lot at 2001 North 7th Ave, Sunday, May 16th, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Perfect. And uh, just before I let you go, what is the best way for folks who have had their interest you know, peaked uh, listening, where can they just learn more about Bikus and what you do? Yeah, so definitely visit Bikus.org. And to really see a spotlight on the artist group, visit Bikus.org slash art slash art dash mark. And we have all of the information on this event there. This is Lifestyle Tucson, and I have been speaking with Emma from Bikus. She is the arts coordinator about the Art Mart starting at 9. Emma, I thank you so much for taking this time uh, to share a bit of brief history and what's to come and looking forward to the future for Bikus. Thank you so much for having us. We'll see you all soon. For this next portion of Lifestyle Tucson, I am speaking with Veronica from Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southern Arizona. Riley, this is Veronica with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Hi, Veronica. How are you today? I am well, and how are you doing? Pretty fantastic, I would say. <laughs> so uh, you're the uh, Associate Director of Philanthropy, is that correct? Correct. Awesome. Well, Big Brothers Big Sisters is a name that most people really easily recognize, but it's always great to hear some, you know, firsthand accounts, and I'm also kind of nosy. I would like to know, like, what led you to uh, become involved with the organization here in Southern Arizona, just briefly? So I came to Biggs about six years ago. I actually had my six-year anniversary this past March. And I had worked for a number of nonprofits prior to that, doing a lot of events and fundraising. It just touched me. I'm working with youth and working with youth in a one-to-one capacity and how staff um, is very much involved in that relationship when it comes to um, managing goals and if people have questions or need further assistance um, with the family and the child and the volunteer. So it just, um, once I met with the CEO and the current director at that time, I just fell in love. So it was perfect. Perfect. Just everything kind of clicked together for you. That's wonderful. Um, So how has Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southern Arizona adjusted from, well, April 2020 to now here we are, April 2021? What types of changes have had to take place? And I guess kind of what is the current situation? Right. So, um, well, you know, it was it was an incredible change that we had to institute in terms of our matches 
unlike many other, you know, youth uh, clubhouses or organizations, we don't have a place where they get together. They literally create their outings and experiences together twice a month in the community. So when everything shut down, staff was just phenomenal and how they were reaching out to families and reaching out to volunteers and kind of letting people know that obviously right now it's not a good time to try to arrange these one-on-ones in person with your with your little, but call them. Let's figure out some um, video chat options. And a lot of matches started to do these kind of gameplay sessions, and they would do them together with other matches, and we were providing some different virtual experiences, had a lot of businesses coming to us saying, hey, can we do a pasta making session can we do yoga can we teach kids about some stem activities and so we were able to really change how we were assisting our volunteers and our families and keeping connected because it was still really really important Mm -hmm. another thing that we did because like i mentioned before when we create these one-to-one matches each big and little are paired with a staff member who again is uh, consistently checking in with everyone involved in the relationship. And we've, we've always been kind of this resource for those families who sometimes have other needs and uh, make those connections with them in the community, other different um, services that, that could be re- provided to them. Excuse me. And we just were in such a perfect position to continue to do that kind of support for our families because a lot of people, different situations, but definitely um, needed to be connected and needed those resources. So Mm -hmm. that was huge. Absolutely. And utilizing those other technologies um, in lieu of that person-to-person connection. So would you be able to take a moment to just share some more about the programs uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters has to offer and how they can make an impact on uh, children's futures? Absolutely. So our, our signature program and the one that's most recognizable in the community would be what we call our community-based. That's where a big and a little um, essentially meet twice a month. It's usually two hours per visit, and obviously matches meet more frequently if they prefer, but they decide what they're going to do in the community together. So during normal times, right, and actually we're kind of seeing the light at the Mm -hmm. end of the tunnel, but, um, you know, where matches go hiking and matches go to the movies and they'll go out to eat or We have um, sporting events, the U of A, museums, all these different kinds of things. But really the the point and the goal of this relationship is for that child to connect to um, a positive individual that they can look up to and that they can confide in and that they already have some commonalities with. So when we do this matching process, we are taking into account what their parent guardian is looking for, what the child is interested in, and then matching that to um, an adult mentor that has those kinds of uh, background to offer or has similar interests. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they're connected, they already have some commonality. Yeah, it's not um, just random matching. High... <laughs> oh, no, yeah. not just random <laughs> matching. So when we talk about, because um, we do have a consistent waiting list of littles, mm-hmm. um, it's a combination of, you know, it's, it's never, you know, first, um, come first serve or the next on the list go get matched. We it's a very very intentional process because we know that they need to share some of the same interests. They need to have a balance of you know the adult mentor may have some strengths or knowledge or experience in areas that a child is interested in. Right? Mm-hmm. You have a little who is very outgoing and just 
you know, would love to have someone to go play ball with because his grandmother's raising him, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Then we want a big that is outgoing, that likes to play outside, that plays basketball, and so they're going to hit it off. And eventually that big will open new worlds to that little in terms of ideas of what that child can be or past that child didn't know that they um, had an opportunity to go down. So it's it's very intentional when we put those two pieces together. We also have a high school-based mentoring program. It was difficult to do what we normally do during this past year, and we're super excited that we're finally able to do some in-person activities, but it provided a different opportunity for maybe a, a busy professional who wanted or wants to volunteer, but they just can't do the weekends and the evenings, but they certainly can do kind of a, a once-a-month in-person and then a once-a-week online um, platform to connect with this student. And so we follow this freshman uh, student through their senior year in high school, so it's four years, and the purpose of this particular program still um, true to our mission and that one-to-one experience, but it's to really help to open up um, the possibilities for after graduation, if that's college and then helping to prepare them, if that's for training or certification, uh, helping to prepare them, just so that when they graduate, they do graduate, um, mm-hmm. that they have a plan for success in the path that they want to go on. It's really helping set them up uh, for what the future holds. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson with Riley. I am speaking with Veronica from Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southern Arizona. Um, as you were saying, there is definitely um, starting to see a light, you know, with vaccinations rolling out and um, numbers looking better. Uh, so I saw online that fundraising has recently started for, I thought it was the largest fundraising and recruiting event, uh, Bowl and Play for Kids' Sake. Can you tell me some more about it? Like how long has this event been taking place and a little bit more of what its purpose is? Yeah, absolutely. So our um, Bowl and Play for Kids' Sake, this would be the 40th year. Oh, wow. We have hosted it, and there are a couple new additions this year that I'll touch on in just a moment. But um, Bowl for Kids is really a Big Brothers, Big Sisters original. A lot of agencies across the country host this event, and it's very successful um, for our agency in particular because, you know, we are looking for people to say, yeah, I'll totally, you know, head up this team and be a captain. I'll get people to come and play with me. I'll raise $125 per person, which is 100% stays in Tucson, goes to our youth, and then, of course, qualifies for the Arizona Charitable Tax Credit. Mm -hmm. But it's phenomenal because we have so many people talking about us and advocating for us that we definitely get a spike in our, our volunteer and recruitment numbers. And then people just get to know more about our program and maybe enroll their kids or seek out other ways to be involved. So we, you know, engage hundreds of people in Tucson doing this particular event and excited to roll out some different options this year because for the past 39 years, we've just done bowling, right? Mm -hmm. And we always (laughs) talked about that it wasn't necessarily about the game because, you know, people will say, I'm not a great bowler, but bowling's just the fun part. It's just the activity. You come out for two hours of unlimited play. We give you pizza and drinks and prizes and have a DJ and, you know, play additional games and raffles. And then we just celebrate um, all the great funds that were raised that stay in Tucson, um, stay in Southern Arizona, and go back to our program. But this year, in consideration of 
the light at the end of the tunnel, but people just, you know, wanting to be comfortable and everyone having different levels of comfortability. We're offering uh, two new games, and we're hosting outside. So oh. we'll be hosting in May, bocce ball and cornhole, which apparently cornhole is taking off because people are very excited, and offering um, a similar experience where it's two hours of play. We're doing food and drinks and prizes and games and DJ, and then still having our traditional bowl in June because we definitely have groups that just love that game. Yeah, so you get the option if you feel comfortable going into a bowling alley and being around the others, there's that. But you can also have some fun time playing outside instead, a little bit more in the open air. So you said May. Uh, Like, when and where are these really fun parts where you're actually bowling and playing? When are those going to be happening? Yeah, so for our outdoor experience for bocce and cornhole, it's going to be May 15th and May 22nd at Reed Park. It is an activity that you have to pre-register for, so it's not necessarily a walk-up thing. Mm -hmm. And you would go to our website, which is soazbigs.org, soazbigs.org, and you would click on the event, and you would register. And then for our bowling, which would be June 25th and 26th, we're offering our first session in the evening at Lucky Strike, and then a Saturday midday at Fiesta. Same thing, you would want to pre-register. It's not an event that you could just kind of come to. Mm -hmm. They want to know you're coming. And then for either option, indoor or out, we are still um, doing a lot of the same kind of safety protocols. We want people to feel safe. We want people to have some space and distance to be comfortable. So, um, you know, our participants can expect to to be in an environment that – we were very thoughtful about and wanted everybody to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And you're still just going to follow along with, like, the county's guidelines. Is that going to be the situation? Yes, pretty- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is there any other new news uh, from Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Sar- uh, Southern Arizona that you would like to share? Sure. Um, we are looking for more volunteers right now. So it was incredible how we kept our matches connected um, last year. And actually, we're still able to make some new matches virtually, of course, and some of those are just starting to be able to meet in person if they feel comfortable. So we have so many kids waiting. We Mm -hmm. have a list of about 100 or so. 80% are boys, and that's just because um, we get a lot more little boys signed up and not a lot of men coming Mm -hmm. into the system. Um, something else that we're looking for are more little girls to sign up in our program, which is something that's not typical. Mm-hmm. Um, we usually get a lot of little girls coming in and a lot of big sisters as well. So looking for volunteers. Um, and the commitment is not as much as someone would think. To be a mentor, you don't have to have any kind of special skill set. You just have to be yourself because we've got a kid waiting for someone just like you. Nice. So just again, for anyone who is looking to get involved or show support for Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Southern Arizona, where is the best place to start? Yeah, so I would say our website, which is soazbigs.org. It's soazbigs.org. And on the website, um, you'll see the event that we're um, looking forward to, which is our Bowl and Playful excuse me, Bowl and Brace for Kids Day in May and in June. And then also you'll see that El Chua, we're still doing that at mm-hmm. the end of the year. And um, there's information about how to volunteer and how to, how to sign up. It's super easy. 
and that you could always do an info session to kind of get a little bit more information. No obligation, but it certainly provides you um, answers to any questions you may have before you, you know, commit mm -hmm. and um, change a child's life and yours and impact our entire community. Awesome. Well, I've been speaking with uh, Veronica from Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southern Arizona, and I really appreciate you taking this time to give us a bit of an update and uh, share the word of the upcoming Bowl and Play for Kids' Sake and uh, the fundraising efforts. Well, thank you very much. Well, thank you so much, Riley. I do appreciate it. I'm Riley, and this has been Lifestyle Tucson. If you are part of a nonprofit organization that would like to be featured on an upcoming episode of Lifestyle Tucson, you can reach out to me at publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That is publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. And for more information about the program itself, you can go to mixfm.com, kfma.com, klpx.com, and espntucson.com.